Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Welcome to a special Friday edition of the Skulking Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullward. I am your host. And, um, you know, I had mentioned um, a few days ago on our last show that uh, I was going to try to do a kind of a sleepers and bus show. I was going to try to do it the next day. And uh, just with different family circumstances, um, I had a birthday earlier this week that just, I didn't feel like doing it. Um, but I wanted to make sure to get the information out for you guys. So, um, I wanted to make sure to get this recorded today um, and get this stuff out there for you um, so that you guys can just kind of get a little bit of, of where I'm at in terms of the fantasy landscape. Um, and another thing that I wanted to I wanted to look at was the fact that there are so many injuries um, being announced right now um, that could very well affect how you set up your lineup for this weekend. So... Um, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into that. Um, obviously I need to make some major changes to my rankings because of everything that's come out, um, really just in the last 24 hours and even just this morning. So, um, so what we are going to do is we are going to hop right into, um, right into the news and notes, and then we'll get into our sleepers and busts. But before we do that, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soaps. Again, you guys have seen, I've seen a whole bunch of their new ads coming through on on Facebook. Um, you know, absolutely hilarious. Uh, they they really are a phenomenal company. Um, all natural cold press soaps made here in the U.S., homemade, um, natural ingredients. Uh, you know, I love I love the scents. I love the 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 fact that I feel clean when I get out of the shower. Um, I don't have that kind of oily residue um, that really is just uncomfortable when I get out of the shower. So um, so really, you should check out Dr. Squatch Soaps. They've got everything from, um, again, from soaps to shampoos. They've got toothpaste now. Uh, let's see what else. They've got uh, cologne. Um, they've got some shaving products as well. Make sure when you go to uh, DrSquatch.com, make sure at the at checkout you use the promo code SKS20 because that will get you 20% off of any orders of $20 or more. Again, the promo code at checkout, SKS20, will get you 20% off of orders of $20 or more. Again, you guys will not regret it. I absolutely love, again, my favorite is their black bar, the pine tar bar. Um, absolutely love it. Make sure to check it out. Um, smells great exfoliates well so that being said again go to drsquatch.com at checkout use the promo code sks20 get 20 percent off 
of orders of $20 or more. $20 or more. All right, let's go ahead and hop into the uh, the headlines for the day. Today's headlines. All right, starting it off, um, I didn't necessarily do these in any particular order. Um, I tried to do them in order of you know kind of severity, and then next thing you know, there was like ten different new things coming up. So we're just going to run through the whole list. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to the COVID list and must quarantine. So um, with Michael Thomas also dealing with his injured hamstring, that means that it's pretty much down to Traquan Smith as the guy <laughs> for uh, for New Orleans. Um, so definitely something to watch uh, as far as that game goes. Uh, as looking over here real quick. Pulling up tight ends. Um, Jared Cook, as far as I could see, should be okay. Had the had the groin injury, missed the one game, came back uh, Monday night, contributed. Um, I think that he should be fine after they've had their bye week this past week. So he should be completely good to go. I think that he may absorb some of those targets. Um, again, Traquan Smith is also going to be a, a big target there. So, um, so yeah, just unexpected with Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, he's not going to be playing this next game. Uh, Johnny Smith and A.J. Brown are both off of the injury report. Good to go Sunday against Pittsburgh in their big, um, their big showdown. So you'll definitely want to uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, I think that Johnny Smith will see what he can do. Um, I know that Pittsburgh has been pretty good against tight ends. Really, the, the thing they've been able to stop the best is the run and been pretty good against quarterbacks, but they allow a lot of catches and yards to, to wide receivers. So look for A.J. Brown and Corey Davis to possibly have decent games this one. I definitely think that A.J. Uh, Brown should be in for a good game. Um, but Jonah Smith, again, I think that he should, if again, if as long as he's healthy, he should have enough um, targets to at least put up respectable numbers, even with it not being the best matchup for him. So, uh, Aaron Jones suffered a mild calf strain in practice. Um, obviously, he wants to go in this next game, but what what I'm reading is that it looks like he may be a game time decision. So maybe Jamal Williams getting the start. Um, again, just be watching that. Be prepared to switch out Aaron Jones if you need to on Sunday. Um, both uh, DJ Chark and Julio Jones are completely off the injury report, so they will have no injury designations going into their games this week. Joe Mixon has already been ruled out with his foot injury uh, for this week, so Giovanni Bernard will get the start. So uh, with... With Mixon, I again had him down a little bit in my rankings compared to a lot of people. I had him at eleventh. A lot of a lot of experts right now are having him in the uh, nine to seven range this week. I had him down at eleven. That means uh, with him out, I am probably putting. Let's see if I can find Giovanni Bernard. Uh, down from oh up from about fifty six. I'm gonna probably put him right around in that. Uh, 
22-23 range. So um, I think that he can be a serviceable low-end running back too this week. Uh, especially going up against, especially going up against Cleveland. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, Austin Hooper is out for this week. Had a, a, an emergency appendectomy, um, so we'll definitely miss this week. Likely, could miss next week as well. Um, hasn't been, um, hasn't been used all that much in the offense. Has been used a little bit more lately, but uh, you know his. I want to say that going coming into this part of the season, um, so far he was like tight end twenty. Just had not been used in this offense. So, um, so yeah. So Austin Hooper will be out. Not a whole lot of other options in terms of tight ends. Not nothing you're going to fill in there. So, um, Deshaun Jackson. I I almost feel bad for the guy. Just gets back from was it the hamstring injury or whatever, and then. On the punt return, fields the punt, gets his his bell rung a a little bit, excuse me, and then a second guy hits him, and the way he kind of rolled over Deshaun Jackson's body, got his, Jackson's foot gets caught and kind of twists and ends up spraining his ankle, and looks like he's going back on, on injury reserve, so, um, Rough, rough night for DJX, even though the Eagles did get the win. Um, and a couple just trade things. Uh, the Dolphins apparently have said that they are willing to trade Jordan Howard. Um, and the other one is there are execs across the NFL that believed that Philly was willing to trade Zach Ertz before this injury. Now it looks like they're just they're just going to stick with it. So. Definitely a lot of interesting news um, coming out. Again, whole lot of injuries that uh, you know. Obviously, we're going to have to deal with some things in terms of in terms of fantasy lineups with a lot of these. So, just kind of be um, again, be flexible, be ready to make moves if you need to pick up guys off of waivers um, or off of free agency list. Find them now if you don't have them. If you don't have guys that that you feel comfortable putting in. You need to make the moves. So, all right. So we're gonna get into sleepers and busts, and and um, I did this a little bit on on a podcast last night. I went over a lot of these guys with uh, Scott Morganroth on the um, for the South Florida Tribune and and the podcast that I do there. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you guys get this information as well. So, uh, sleepers, I've got. I think a quarterback, a couple of running backs, uh, two or three wide receivers, and a tight end, and then I have I have three three potential busts that I'm I'm just not I don't feel good about them playing this week. So, and I believe I've got all three of them on at least one roster. A couple of them I have on like three or four rosters. So, all right, so we're gonna get right into our sleepers. Number one sleeper for me. Uh, in terms of quarterbacks, is Teddy Bridgewater going against the Saints? The Saints have struggled against quarterbacks. Quarterbacks and tight ends are their main their their main nemesis right now in terms of what they've given up in um, in fantasy points. Right now, they give up the fourth fourth most points to quarterbacks, only the fifteenth most pass yards. But they give up all, once they get down to the red zone, they struggle 
um, giving up touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, especially to tight ends. Um, one of the one of the tools that I that I try to use for um, for determining who to use in terms of in terms of um, In, in terms of matchups and and kind of how to judge those matchups, um, is the is the Harris Index. And if the, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Chris Harris, um, I believe he used to be with ESPN and kind of went out on his own and did his own thing with um, uh, with with a lot of his fantasy stuff. He's big into game tape, not so much the um, statistical side, but he wants to see the game tape and why things happen. And so um, he puts out what he calls the Harris Index. And he doesn't come out until like week five or six. I think it's week six of the season. And what he does is he looks at the last five weeks um, of data in terms of fantasy points given up to quarterbacks, to running backs, to wide receivers, to tight ends, and to defenses. And so... With that, he he has his standard deviations and everything that to to use. But what it does is it shows a, a recency of who is getting you know how much is given up. So it's you you don't just get to the end of the season and say oh well this team has given up the most fantasy points to the quarterback or this team has given up the most fantasy points to running backs. That could be overall in the season. But they've had a stretch the last three weeks, the last three to four weeks, where they've been really tough against those positions. And actually, there's a different team that's giving up even more points over that over the last five weeks to those positions, so they'd be a better play. So that's what the Harris Index is. According to the Harris Index, the Saints, on average, give up two points more than projection to quarterbacks each week over the last five weeks. So... That right there indicates that um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in for a little bit better day. And with the offense not having all their weapons in terms of the um, pass game, we'll, we'll kind of see how well the offense moves and whether they're giving the ball back to Carolina a bunch. So, again, just there's a lot of things to watch in there. Um, another thing for Teddy Bridgewater is he has improved this year. Um, with the type of weapons that he has. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't have weapons when he was playing last year, filling in for Drew Brees when he was with the Saints. Because obviously they had Michael Thomas, they still had Alvin Kamara, still had Jerry Cook. However, this year, I think it's more the offensive system. Teddy Bridgewater has a higher completion air yards and, in and intended air yards Um than he did in uh, last year with the Saints. So that means he's throwing the ball deeper. He is um, he's completing passes farther down the field. And his aggressiveness percentage, which uh, deals with how, how often um, a receiver is targeted or, or how often the ball gets to the receiver and a defender is within one yard of the, of the receiver. His aggressiveness percentage is, I want to say, about 12, 10, 12%, which the lowest in the league is Russell Wilson, 8.9%. So Teddy Bridgewater is second. 
in terms of not forcing the ball when he doesn't need to. So um, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in for a good game, and I, I, you know, especially I'd be willing to use him to save a little cash in my um, in my DFS lineups this weekend. So moving on to the running backs, number one that I've got is Justin Jackson going up against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been awful against running backs. Now, mind you, they've been playing. They've played against some pretty good running backs. Um, and, you know, going again to the Harris Index, they give up 3.6 points above projection on average each week over the last five weeks to running backs. But they've also given up the fifth most points to running backs. They have given up the fifth most rush yards per game as well. And Justin Jackson has shown to be the better running back um, since he came up to to um, sub for Austin Eckler going on IR. Josh Kelly was supposed to be kind of the guy to break out this year as a as a as a um, as a rookie in in LA for for the Chargers, but he just hasn't been that. Um, looking at next-gen stats, he's one of the most inefficient when it comes to getting to the line of scrimmage. He's also one of the slowest at getting to the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's of running backs who, av- who I want to say through six weeks, have at least 50 carries. So he uh, Kelly has not been good enough. And so I think that Justin Jackson, having a little extra experience, I think could be in for a bigger day. And now I'm not saying that Justin Jackson is going to put up running back one numbers, but I definitely think that Jackson could find himself as a mid to high end running back two this week, kind of that 12 to 16 range, um, just based off the matchup. So, and then let's not forget that because they've got Justin Herbert who's throwing the ball all over the place, Jacksonville's defense is struggling all over, and so it just could provide. You know, if the pass game is going well, it could provide more opportunity. If they get up big, more opportunity to let Justin Jackson just run the ball. So, all right, getting back to that um, that Carolina and New Orleans game, my second running back uh, that I'm that I'm looking at this week as a sleeper is Latavius Murray. Um, Carolina gives up the sixth most amount of points to running backs. They average giving up 3.7 points per week extra to running backs. Now, I know, again, I understand Alvin Kamara is the guy in the Saints' backfield. That being said, I can see Latavius Murray having another big game. Again, we've got Michael Thomas potentially missing this week. You've got... um, You've got Emmanuel Sanders who just went on the COVID list. So you've got Traquan Smith as your main wide receiver. You look at what Carolina has done defensively. And yes, they give up 3.7 points per week extra over projection to running backs. They give up 6.3 points less than projection to quarterbacks. And 8.8 points less per week compared to projections for wide receivers. Which means it may be a tough passing game, which means they're going to stay on the ground. 
honestly, I believe that the um, Saints are going to stay on the ground in this game, which I think leads to a very great opportunity for Latavius Murray. Mater- uh, Murray is, according to Next Gen Stats, Murray is seventh in run efficiency. And run efficiency, again, is is how quickly or how much yardage is covered to get to the line of scrimmage. And he is first in average time behind the line of scrimmage in under 2.5 seconds. from the t- I believe it's from the snap getting the ball and to the line of scrimmage, I believe. And he's just under 2.5 seconds, fastest in the league right now, and most and one of the most efficient in getting to the line of scrimmage from the snap. He is third in rush percentage over expected. Now, what ru- what this is is it's um, rush percentage over expected is based on next gen stats and how they view things compared. You know, in terms of how many people are in the area, um, whether or not he gets hit, um, how big a hole is open, that sort of thing. Um, there's a certain expected amount of yards based on those factors of how much a runner or a wide receiver should get. Murray averages getting over that projection or over that expectation almost 50% of the time. So um, he really has had explosive plays more often than many, you know, compared to, you know, what's open for him, uh, more than a lot of uh, uh, many other running backs in the league. So uh, Carolina gives up the 15th most amount of rush yards. So they're right in the middle of the pack in terms of how many yards they give up. However, they've given up the third most rushing TDs. So if they get into the red zone, if the if uh, the Saints get into the red zone, I think that Latavius Murray vultures at least one, if not two, um, touchdowns from Alvin Kamara this week. All right, moving to the wide receivers. Cole Beasley versus the New York Jets. Beasley is averaging as many targets right now as Mike Davis, as Tyreek Hill, and T.Y. Hilton. Which, that's not something you'd expect. Now, most people say, okay, well, that means those other guys are down. Yeah. However, Cole Beasley in full point PPR. I mean, most of our rankings are half point PPR. So that's kind of how the, the main... The, Main industry standard right now has gone to half PPR. In full PPR formats, Cole Beasley has nine PPR points or more in 18 of his last 21 games going back to week one of 2019, so ever since he joined the Bills. Five of six games this year, he has had six-plus targets. The one game he had less than six targets, he had four. In that game, he went on four targets, three catches for 32 yards. And a touchdown. So he is he is getting used. He is being targeted. At one point, I believe he was on pace for almost a thousand yards. Um, I think through four weeks he was on pace for a thousand yards. I think over the last couple weeks he's dropped under that. But he's also getting touchdowns. Right now he is tied for 19th in red zone targets in the NFL. So that's not just 19th in wide receivers. That's 19th in wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs combined. He is 19th in the league in red zone targets in the NFL. So, again, Cole Beasley, again, going up against a, a non-existent Jets defense, um, I believe is in for a very good game this week. Um, and, again, 
he's right about wide receiver 35 or so on the season. Um, you know, that 30 to 35. I think that he could put up, again, right around top 25 to top 20 numbers this week against the Jets. Now, I know... Part of the again, part of the reason for that also is because John Brown has also been declared out for this week. So it's going to be Cole Beasley and um, and Stephon Diggs in terms of wide receivers. John Brown is out, and uh, Dawson Knox, I believe, has also been out. It's either Dawson Knox or Tyler Croft. They've been going back and forth on who's actually healthy. So, so Cole Beasley, I think, is in for a decent game this week. Uh, another wide receiver, T. Higgins, um, currently ranked. Let me pull up, pull up my rankings. Actually, let's do. There we go. Um, T. Higgins. Load this up. Compared to the experts consensus. There we go. Where do I have him? I want to say T. Higgins right now is being ranked right around number. Um, 37-38 overall for week seven. I think that he can put up some decent numbers. Uh, the uh, Bengals are going up against Cleveland. Cleveland gives up the fourth most amount of points to wide receivers, the fourth most pass yards per game, and have given up the fifth most touchdowns. Uh, you know, T. Higgins has had um, a lot of success over the last couple of weeks. Um, he has, let's see, he's averaging eight targets over the last four weeks. Uh, five receptions over the last four weeks. And I'm pulling up his his game-by-game -game stats. Um, and even, even in week two, he still had six targets. So six for three for 35. Or three for six for 35. Um, he had the two touchdowns in week three uh, on 40 yards, but this last week, uh, six catches on eight targets for 125 yards. So he's starting to, they're starting to stretch the field with him a little bit more. And again, going against Cleveland, who has struggled um, a lot uh, this season in the past, uh, in past defense, I think that T. Higgins could put up a, a big, solid game this week. So for me, that's uh, that's you know another another wide receiver that I think um, could put up you know low to mid end wide receiver two numbers when he's ranked right now as a, about a wide receiver three. Uh, my last wide receiver to go over is Christian Kirk, and it pains me to say this, but going up against Seattle, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to wide receiver. But here's here's the thing, they give up a lot to wide receiver, but they only, over the last five weeks, given up point one points over projected to wide receivers. Um, they give up the most pass yards per game, and that is actually where Seattle is giving up all their fantasy points. They're giving it all up in catches and um, and yards. Seattle has only given up eight passing touchdowns on the season so far. Um, so 
just to kind of compare, let me see where let me pull up the entire def all the defenses in terms of passing. The total amount of touchdowns given up. They're actually one, two, three, four, five, six, They're tied for eighth in the league in terms of least amount of pass touchdowns given up. Chicago has given up four. There's six teams that have given up seven. And the Seahawks are one of four teams to only give up eight. Where you've got teams like the Atlanta Falcons have given up 18. The Cleveland Browns have given up 13. So I expect Christian Kirk to get a lot of yards on, was it those, those little shovel passes on the sweep? Um, rush yards on sweeps. I expect Christian Kirk to get some yardage. Historically, Seattle gives up more yards and bigger games in to wide receivers to the second wide receiver than they do the first. I'm not saying that DeAndre Hopkins is not in for a big games game. He very well could be. That being said, I I really believe you can make the case that Christian Kirk is going to be in for a huge game and possibly possibly, I'm not saying for sure, but possibly could put up more points again this week than DeAndre Hopkins. That doesn't mean I'm ranking him above DeAndre Hopkins. I DeAndre Hopkins is still a top five wide receiver for this week. So, but just looking at that, Christian Kirk should be in, could very well be in for a, a big game. One other thing, Christian Kirk is in the top ten or top twenty in the league in yards after catch per reception. So when he gets, once he gets the ball, he's he's done very a very good job of of getting the extra yardage. And he's also top ten in targeted air yards. So he gets he gets targeted deep down the field. So. Uh, Christian Kirk should be in for a good game, unfortunately for me. Um, our tight end sleeper is Jimmy Graham. Now, it's not the best matchup going up against the Rams. The Rams give up only the 14th most fantasy points to tight ends. Um, however, recently they've given up 2.6 points above projection per game to tight ends. Jimmy Graham is second in the in red zone targets in the league. The only person who has more than him is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has 12. Uh, Jimmy Graham has 11. So he's averaging two, basically averaging two red zone targets per game. I mean, that is, that is opportunity that you just don't see all the time. So um, he's also fifth in the league in tight ends in, in touchdowns. So because of that, I think that with how L.A. struggled last week on defense against San Francisco, I can see Chicago moving the ball a little bit here and there, and once they get down deep enough, um, I can see Jimmy Graham getting at least one touchdown. So he's definitely a guy that I have for at least one touchdown this week uh, from the tight end position. All right, so we're going to go to our, our three three potential busts, and, and honestly, I don't think that these are all that um, – these aren't all that controversial. And you can say, oh, you're not really picking hard bust. You're right. Um, but when you there's enough believers in these players that I just want to make sure that you have all the facts. First potential bust is Josh Jacobs. And it pains me to say this. I have him like two or three leagues. 
But Josh Jacobs going up against Tampa Bay. The Bucks give up the eighth least amount of fantasy points to running backs. Um, they give up 4.8 points under projection to running backs so far over the last five weeks. And there's a kind of a disturbing trend for Josh Jacobs just overall. Over the last 16 regular season games, he has only gotten over his projected amount of points 38% of the time. He is averaging over the six weeks almost a full point under projection per week. Um, Tampa Bay is also, you know, 13, giving up the 13th least amount of rush yards per game. So I think that this game is going to be is not going to be all that high scoring. I think that this could be kind of a um, kind of a punch em kind of a game. Um, and so I don't see Josh Jacobs going off for 20 points. He may get into the end zone. May, you know, he may get into the opportunity to, to get into the end zone. I'm just I am prepared <laughs> if I have to start him based on injuries and everything in my lineups, I'm prepared to not start him. And I if I have to start him, I'm prepared for him not to have a good game. I'm not going to be like I can't believe you didn't score. You didn't reach your projection. I'm prepared for that not to happen this week. You should be too if you're starting Josh Jacobs. Number 2 Cooper Cup. Now, this isn't this isn't a, a an admonishment of the fact that he struggled last week. This isn't well, I, I guess if it was the opposite and he did well last week, I'd be chasing points if I said he was gonna have a good week. That's not what this is. This isn't just he had a bad week last week, he sucks, he's gonna have a bad week this week. No, this is looking at looking at what's going on. Chicago is the fourth best in terms of giving up points to wide receivers. They have averaged, over the last five weeks, giving up 4.6 points less to wide receivers. Um, and also, on top of that, well, let me let me uh, pull up this fantasy points allowed. Um, pull up the, the fantasy points allowed. Um, overall, Chicago has given up the fourth, yeah, fourth best in terms of fantasy points to wide receivers, they give up the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Jared Goff, if he gets pressured, struggles. And if he struggles, he's not finding anyone. So because of that, I am hesitant. I am prepared for Cooper Cup, again, if I've got to start him, based on where my lineups are in terms of injuries and everything, I'm prepared for him to have another bad game. I know last week, what was it, nine targets and only three catches for like 11 yards or something like that. And one of them was a, one of those uh, attempts was a, a dropped pass in the end zone, which he does not do very often. All I'm saying is that I think that Chicago can disrupt Goff enough to make it harder for Cooper Cup to be, um, to be all that successful this week. Now, volume plays in Cooper Cup's favor. Um, he's averaging seven and a half targets per game. He's eighth in the league in terms of yards after catch per reception. So he does a good job once he gets the ball, getting farther downfield. Again, this Chicago defense is for real, especially against quarterbacks and wide receivers. So because of that, I am hesitant. Um, 
I'm a little bit bearish on on Cooper Cup because of this. So I'm not putting him in any DFS lineups. I'm you know I have a I think I have one or two lineups where uh, you know just regular season long leagues where he's currently in a flex, but I may move to someone else who has a better um, a better matchup. So all right, and last but not least, Cam Newton going up against San Francisco. Cam struggled last week against Denver. Um, San Francisco gives up the le- the fifth least amount of pass yards per game. Um, in terms of giving up points there, on the better side of middle of the road, um, giving up the 19th most points, averaging 19.4 points, two quarterbacks per week. Um, let me go to the Harris Index. They have given up a little bit more over the last five weeks, 4.3 points over projection the last few weeks. However, Cam Newton is bottom 10 in um, average completed air yards, bottom four in average intended air yards. He just doesn't have the weapons. And this defense has been playing. um, It played better last week against the, uh, the L.A. Rams. They didn't play all that well against Miami, obviously. Miami just trounced them. I think that that San Francisco will put up a better fight against New England this week. Um, and just seeing some of the um, some of the pressure that they've been able to get on defenses uh, or on offenses lately, I think that they are in a better place now to get the type of pressure on um, on Cam Newton. And again, they don't. Cam Newton doesn't have the wide receivers, doesn't have the deep threats. I mean, you look at um, Julian Edelman, his main receivers right now, Julian Edelman, Damier Bird, and Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's looking towards being a bust this year. Um, You know, just in dynasty as a bust, just not working out. And then passes to the running backs like Burkhead and White. So that's where a lot of his passing is going to come from. Um, I don't have in front of me how much uh, how many rushing yards San Francisco tends to give up to quarterbacks. That being said, I still think San Francisco will do enough that I am again I'm a little bit bearish on Cam Newton. I've got other other quarterbacks I would much rather use. Again, I would play Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton this week. So, all right, so there's our our sleepers and busts for this week. I hope this has been informative. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we will be back recording Sunday night after Sunday Night Football with our Kings and Stings episode for week seven. Prepping for um, doing our waiver wire show Monday night. And then we'll kind of see what happens uh, for the rest of the week next week. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I hope, again, I hope this has been informative. My name is Ryan Skullrud. This has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.